0: This episode of the Chapter Next podcast is being brought to you by our title sponsor, Pump 5 Fuel Delivery Service. Recorded and produced by our friends at Podcast Town. Pump 5 delivers quality car service directly to our members' cars. Do you hate going to the gas station? Our specially trained service providers will bring the gas directly to your car. Do you have no time to have your car detailed? Do you need tire services? Our members use our app to have our service providers bring their skills directly to their cars wherever their car is parked. So how does your morning look? Do you have to take the kids to school? Do you have to get up at ungodly hours to go to work? Are you desperately missing those last 20 minutes of sleep because you know you told yourself the night before that you had to go to the gas station? Well, our members enjoy a life where they can just get up, walk outside, get into their freshly cleaned, full tank cars, and go about their day. We want you to be able to enjoy that too. So... Be sure to check our website at wwwpump 5 That's P-U-M-P-F-I-V-E dot com. Welcome to the Chapter Next podcast. I am Talithia Thompson. I'm a mom, a grandma, a serial entrepreneur, and right now I'm just doing my best to make this next chapter of my life the best chapter of my life on purpose. Hello, everybody. My name is Talithia Thompson, and I would like to welcome you to this newest episode of the Chapter Next podcast, the podcast where we are celebrating women over 40 who are doing spectacular things in their life. And they aren't just spectacular because they're doing things, because let's be honest, women are spectacular. We were just made that way. But these particular women looked at the lives that they had built for themselves and the different goals and dreams that they had at one point, and they decided to purposely go after making those goals and dreams happen. So today's guest that I would like to introduce, I would like to say just from the beginning of all the women so far that I've had on my podcast as a guest, this one has the most important job in the world of all of them. (laughs) Like We've had women on that own million-dollar companies. We've had women on that started when they were 18 and now Like, Concoctions is doing awesome. Hyacinth is doing a great job at it. And we've had other women on so far. And I will tell you, by far, the job that this particular guest has is, hands down, the most rewarding, the most beautiful, the most awesome, but the hardest job (laughs) that that we as women have ever had to have. And so I would like to introduce today's guest, Simone Groover. And she is a mom of two twin boys, (laughs) y'all, two twin boys. And she a woman, mom, homemaker extraordinaire. So (laughs) Simone, if you want to go ahead and say hello to everybody and introduce yourself and introduce the world to your Twinkies, her little boys, y'all, if y'all saw a picture, you know exactly why we call them Twinkies. They look just like them and they're so cute. But I'll let you go ahead, Simone. Tell us more about yourself.
1: Hey, y'all. I am Simone Gruber. I am 47 years old. I'm a retired Army nurse. I served this Army for 26 years. And then I decided to have twins, well, like the last two years. So now I'm at home taking care of these two boys. And I love it. I'm living in North Carolina, and I'm just having a good time. I really am.
0: As you should be. A good time. So, Simone, how are the boys? They just turned five. They turned five last month on the 6th of May. So y'all, her boys, okay, they just turned five. (laughs) That means she got pregnant at 42. That means she did it. So I don't care what all we've been celebrating. I don't know. As a mom that had somebody who was little in my 20s and was tired all the time, the fact that she did it at 42, I think, hands down, whatever award is available for life, she needs one of each of them. <laughs> Just one of all of them, and it's awesome. And you know what? It's funny because I feel like overall the conversation over moms that are a little more mature is like, "What's wrong with you? And you waited so late, and da da da." And the truth is, my kids would have benefited so much more from having a mom that actually has some common sense, a little more maturity, and a little more money. So I don't know what is wrong with people. <laughs> like, I don't know what the issue is. But y'all, if you see her boys and you see how smart they are. And just how awesome, like, little people they are. I feel like in our 20s is when momhood happens, but I think there's definitely something to be said about waiting a little bit (laughs) until you learn a little bit more and mature a little bit more and you can give back to those people a little bit more. So good job, a retired Army nurse. And I will tell y'all, and I think this is hilarious about, like, just the conversations I have with Simone. (laughs) And side note, Simone and I are also both a part of my book club that I talk about all the time. We went to New Orleans, had a great time. And actually, Simone and I are part of it, but Simone owns the book club. It is hers. She had a vision for creating a place for Black women to get together and read and enjoy each other's fellowship and just grow and share with each other. And it's been awesome. It has done exactly that. And it's been so much fun. But one of the things that's kind of cool is, for starters, the book club is doing awesome. So yeah, you are welcome. But come on, your book club rocks. (laughs) Like I have never gone to New Orleans with a book club before. (laughs) Ever. I have never met on the rooftop of a right. beautiful hotel to have wine and enjoy appetizers and did like a midnight. Well, it wasn't midnight. An evening bike ride and all the cool stuff we've done. Every book club I've ever been a part of, I've always just read. So, so right. So this one is actually pretty spectacular. And one day Simone and I were celebrating it, and she was like, "I know." And just a year ago, I was doing cervical checks. Like, I'm like, "Hold up, back up, <laughs> back up." <laughs> I think. The whole idea of comparing cervical checks to Awesome Book Club, I think we need to prioritize that a little differently because cervical checks are pretty significant. <laughs> if you right. have to put on a glove to go up in anything, to check anything on a woman in labor, I think you deserve an award for that too. So to all OB nurses out there, y'all are <laughs> the, definitely the heroes <laughs> of this story. Don't miss that out either. So Simone, tell us a little bit more about you left Milwaukee when you were 18. That's when you joined the Army. And how long were you in the military?
1: I was in the military for 26 years. So I actually left when I was 17. My mother had to sign the paperwork to uh, release me. Yeah, she didn't want to, but she said she knew I was going to do it yep. later on anyway. So, literally in the middle of basic training, I turned 18 while I was firing weapons. Oh, gracious. In the sand. Yeah, yeah. So that was my birthday party. I was 16 in South Carolina, Fort Jackson. Oh, gracious. Yeah, nobody cared. <laughs>
0: We care. We just wasn't there to celebrate with you. <laughs> Wait, did they even know? Like did you tell them, Hey, today's my eighteenth birthday or was it just like get I don't to work? Think so. See. I was too scared. Care I was to too scared. I was just like Drill sergeant told me to go out there and fire these weapons. If I'm to fire these weapons, I'm not going <laughs> to. She's like, this is not the time but, for celebration. <laughs> right,
1: the Army was not the same as it is now. You don't go up to some drill sergeant and tell them it's your birthday. They did not care.
0: Okay. But could you tell the other recruits you didn't have any Army friends by then? Does that not happen? I did, but I don't think it mattered. I think we were too stressed out and it was hot. It was South Carolina in <laughs> August. We were too stressed out. Oh, uh, see. Holy cow, so you left gracious.
1: Yeah, so I joined the Army as a medic. And I stayed a medic for like six years. And then there was an opportunity to get my licensed practical nurse training. So I signed up for that and I was the LPN for 13 years. So I finally decided that I should get my RN because the Army has this amazing program where they'll send you to school. For two years. And once you completed and passed your, your nursing board, you're commissioned as an officer. Ooh, okay. So I did that like at 17 years. I started at 17 years, graduated at 19 years, got my BSN, and went to Hawaii State. And that like changed the whole story for my career because being an officer is so different from being
0: enlisted. Okay, explain.
1: So, I was actually enjoying myself. I was having a good time because you just do your job. You get paid to do your job. You still have to do all the military training and stuff, but you get paid for that degree that you receive. So, then in 2014, while still in the Army, I graduated with my master's as a women's health nurse practitioner. And then I did a subspecialty in nursing education. I never practiced as a nurse practitioner, but once I retired, From the Army, I started teaching at one of the universities here, at one of the private universities, and I loved it.
0: Oh, what were you teaching?
1: I was a clinical nurse instructor. So I taught the maternal child health portion. So, you know, once the students did that, they learned all this theory, they did the didactic portion, they came to me. I'm in the hospital with them, and we're doing hands-on.
0: Okay, and the didactic portion, that's all the book studies, right? That's the part that they do in the classroom?
1: Yes. They learn the theories and everything in the classroom, and then they come to the clinical instructors, and they get that hands-on portion. And you can see that light bulb go off when they make those connections, and that's what I love. They would get so excited, but I stopped doing that because I needed to take care of my boys, especially Aiden. Okay. Yeah. So Aiden is on the autism spectrum disorder. We learned about that. Between 15 and 18 months, we started seeing the signs. And then I started pushing the diagnosis because once you get the diagnosis, you get the services that you need. And he needed those services. OK. So I wanted to stay home with him to make sure that he got everything that he needs to make sure that I was that advocate. Absolutely. That he needed. So right now I'm at home.
0: OK, so then you were 42 when you got pregnant with him and you were still working at that time.
1: Oh, yeah. I was in the army. So I was pregnant and still working labor and delivery.
0: Woo, goodness gracious.
1: I was still working on the floor until two days before my C-section.
0: Oh, gracious. (laughs) Simone. (laughs) Was that intentional? Like, was your C-section planned?
1: Yes. Yes. The C-section was scheduled. I was scheduled at 36 weeks. And that was on a Friday. I stopped working that Wednesday on the, what, the 4th. May.
0: Look here. If you knew that you were scheduled and you still wanted to work up until two days before, I say more power to you. Especially since you knew the downtime was coming.
1: Oh no, it wasn't a choice. I was in the army. Oh, they make you work until two days before? If you don't have any like medical reasons, you work. Ooh.
0: That was like mm mm. <laughs> Thank you for your interest. You need to get to work. <laughs> <Okay>.
1: Right. <laughs> I didn't have any complications that would warrant me to, like, stay at home on bed rest or whatever.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So then was the pregnancy planned or were they Thank You Jesus babies?
1: They were planned, Felicia. They were so planned. We did IVF. This was our last attempt. And I don't think we ever talked about that. We never did. (laughs) Okay, so we had been trying for a long time. I had to go through the infertility clinic. Uh Uh-huh. Because there were some issues. So there was like years and years of testing of injections oh, of all these medications. gaining weight, disappointments. Yeah. And our last attempt
0: I got pregnant. Ooh, so okay. And you're at peace with us talking about this on the podcast? Like he can edit all I'm okay. I, I told you you can ask whatever. I well, I didn't know this part when you said that. I, <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. I'm in.
1: You know why? Because there's somebody out there struggling with infertility. There's somebody who wants to get pregnant. Right. And they're having a hard time. So I'm all for helping.
0: I love it. So you know what? Tell us a little bit more about that journey. Like, when did it start? And you can give us, like, I guess, the abridged version. But like, when was the decision, OK, this is what we'll try. And then fast forward, I guess, until it was actually successful and you knew you were pregnant.
1: OK, we started in Hawaii, got to Hawaii in 2010. Like the summer of 2010, and I heard that Military Hospital had a really good infertility program. So maybe like August, September, we started going through our appointments. But I found out I had fibroids.
0: Oh, yeah. That's very common with Black women.
1: Yes, ma'am. To the point of where when I would run, I would feel like a mask. Get out of here. In my lower abdomen. Uh Uh-huh. So I had called a myomectomy, and it's when they make an incision, they make an like an abdominal incision to remove the mass with an attempt to save the
0: uterus. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you
1: can have children. Right. Right. So yeah, October two thousand ten, I had that surgery, and that basically started the entire process. So it wasn't until two thousand fifteen that we got
0: pregnant. Ooh, that was five years. Go with your bad self. Yeah. I've seen the process with other people, and I just remember it being arduous and emotional and taxing.
1: Very emotional, very taxing. If you don't have a strong marriage, that can cause some issues. You can have some issues within your marriage. Like, every month, like, having a period is an issue, you know?
0: hmm So I love it. And... One of the things I want to kind of touch on in this is it sounds like you had a pretty successful career in the military, like you had been purposeful about going after the next step. You know what I mean? And kind of getting to the point where things weren't necessarily easier, but it was manageable. Like you said, you had gotten to the point where you were just getting paid to do your job. You didn't have to do all the extra stuff. And so one of the things I like about this is I feel like somewhere out there, there's some woman who is 40, who is a little older, and she wants to be a mom. And that's why when we talked and you told me your story, I was like, no, we need to have you on the podcast. Because I think, here again, I feel like society kind of gives moms a hard time at a certain age when they start talking about, like, age issues and you're too old, too. And I think a large part of that, one, is insecurity. Let's just throw that out. For some reason, people just need to feel special about everything. But two, I think another part of it is it's just so common to have them sooner. But, I mean, I was a young mom. My kids... Well, my son was born when I was 17, so I had two when I was younger. My daughter was born when I was 21, and then I had two more after I got married. So, I mean, my youngest is 14. My oldest is 27. But the older kids, they definitely got a different mama than the younger two kids did. (laughs) So (laughs) one of the things I think everybody who has something to say about women deciding to wait a little while before they have kids should consider is the fact that you are in a different space mentally. When you mature more, you are in a better place to be a better mom to those kids that you are bringing into the world and giving away to society. Because ultimately, that's what it comes down to, making sure the kids are equipped. You know what I mean? So I don't know how much you ever got that. But if you did, I sure hope you let it go because people are people are ridiculous. And the next thing that I think just rocks by the time you left you up in the military for a good amount of time and then you decided on your own, OK, I want to be a mom. And you purposely went after doing exactly what you needed to do to make that happen. That's awesome. That's that's spectacular.
1: Thank you. You
0: are welcome. Thank you.
1: I really think that it worked out for me because I was able to retire. So I get my retirement. I get my VA disability. I don't have to work. If I work, it's because, you know, I just want to. So I'm able to do everything that I want to do. I'm able to focus on these boys. I can have fun and I love it. And I'm not saying that sometimes it's not frustrating because it is. It's like, right. It's a lot of words, but I really enjoy what I'm
0: doing. You should. And the next thing I'd like to make note of is y'all, do y'all hear that smile? (laughs) Like, Do y'all hear her being able to be like, (laughs) I love what I'm doing. And I think, The goal of everything with this podcast is to help us all to get to the point where what you're doing in your life every day is something that you love. And for Simone, that meant staying at home and being a mom and successfully parenting her kids. And you are doing a job. You're doing a fabulous job, better friend. A fabulous job.
1: (laughs) Thank you. You are
0: welcome. So tell us a little bit more about, like, I know you said you wanted to be able to stay home. So was it Aiden's diagnosis that spurred that decision?
1: That kind of sealed the deal. Okay. Aiden wasn't talking. And that was one of the signs that gave me that, I don't know, that little kick in the butt to go to the doctor. Because at first I was kind of like in denial. Right. So, yeah, I didn't want him to have to go to school and not be able to tell his teachers what he wanted or needed or even to come home. And he can't tell me what was going on there. So I decided to stay at home. And so we've been kind of homeschooling here. And we've been having a good time.
0: I love it. So when did he start talking? When did you realize that he was going to be all right?
1: (laughs) Uh, You're going to make me cry. (laughs) That's okay. What is this? 2021. Let's say the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020. He started like vocalizing, so he would make intentional sounds.
0: OK, explain that a little more. Like, give us an example.
1: If I told him to stay up, like if he was raising his, his arms up, like motioning for me to pick him up, I would tell him, stay up. And it was so vocalized would be like, uh, 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 like he was actually making an attempt, an approximation, he was making an attempt to to say that word. So then they started using what's called a reinforcer, things that would kind of like motivate him to do what's required of him. And Sesame Street, oh my goodness, Sesame Street was his motivation. Oh. All things Sesame Street. So we started taking Sesame Street stuff to the clinic, buying all the Sesame Street stuff. And so I don't know if y'all know Rosita on Sesame Street.
0: Yeah, yeah. She's autistic, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. The blue girl mm-hmm. or turquoise or whatever she is. He would call her Roro. And I was like, oh my God. Uh, he started to talk. But check this out. Prior to all of this, anything I taught his brother, I was still teaching Aiden because I just believed that he was receiving whatever was being given to him.
0: Right, absolutely.
1: Once he started talking his alphabet, He was counting to 30. He was reading books. So it was all in him. It was just waiting to come
0: out. All right. So at this time, we'd like to give a special shout out to our title sponsor, Pump 5 Fuel Delivery Service, for delivering quality car service directly to our members. Our members don't go to the gas station. Our members don't have to worry about taking their car to have it detailed and leaving it there all day. And our members also don't have to worry about having to plan a special trip in their busy lives just to go and have their tires taken care of. They use our company app to schedule all those services at their convenience, and our specially trained providers will bring those services directly to their car. We deliver gas on-site, we provide tire service on-site, and we also provide auto detailing at our members' convenience. So, how does your life look? Do you have any extra time specifically to set aside for anything extra that also includes having your car taken care of? Our Pump 5 members don't, and they don't have to. So be sure to look into Pump 5. That's www.pump5.com. That's P-U-M-P-F-I-V-E.com. So our service providers can deliver our services directly to your car. Pump 5 was recorded and produced by our friends at Podcast Town. That is www.podcasttown.com. Be sure to check them out for all your podcasting needs. Thank you very much. Can you imagine how difficult that would have been to deal with if you had had to leave and go to work? The cool thing is you were at a point in your career where you could take a step back and be like, nope, I'm going to do this on purpose. I'm going to be a mom to my kids and you can stay home. That is awesome.
1: Yeah, I believe I'm one of the fortunate because
0: I know there's a whole lot. Yeah. Say no more. It is no fun dropping your kids off at daycare or dropping them off at school and being gone from them all day. Getting to the end of your evening, coming home, taking a bath and going to bed and doing it again. You worked for it. You earned it. That time you spent working, you definitely earned it. But the fact that when the time came, you were able to kind of just step away and go after staying at home and being a mom, that was priceless. It was awesome that you earned that for yourself. Good job.
1: Yeah. I really just believe I'm fortunate because I know there's a lot of parents who probably wish they could do that and
0: can't do it. Right. Especially when they're little. That was timely. That was awesome that you were able to work that out. Yeah. So then... You were able to stay home and now the boys are getting a little bit older. And I know the last time we talked about it, you were kind of considering like whatever the next steps are. So what are your plans? Are you planning to go and teach some more? Are you going to stay home for the next five, 10 years? Like, what are you thinking?
1: So <laughs> I actually enrolled them into a traditional school. But to be honest, I don't know how long that's going to last. Um. Because they right now, Aiden is reading maybe, maybe a second grade level. He's right now they're like preschool. He's reading like a second grade level. Um, Isaiah's doing like first grade or maybe kindergarten, first grade math. I don't want them to um, be held back, and I don't want um, I don't want the teachers to not focus on their strengths. I don't know if that. If that makes sense,
0: it does make sense.
1: So, yeah, they are enrolled in school starting August. But I don't know how long it's going to last because I like just getting up and going to museums. They're real hands on kids. I like teaching them that way. So, I don't know how they're going to do sitting in the classroom for what, six, seven hours?
0: Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Honestly, I love the idea of them being homeschooled, and I love the idea of you sending them to school. So it'll be interesting to see, like, what you work out and how you're able to do that. Right. So then when school is looming, you said you were worried about the teachers not being able to see their gifts. What did you mean by that?
1: Because, Aiden, his strengths are, like, words, letters. He reads, he spells, he spells, like, rainbow, jump rope, dinosaur, I want them to be able to identify the gifts that they have and work on those, not to ignore them.
0: Right. Instead of focusing on what they may see as like a handicap or something that may not necessarily, probably is also a gift, but yeah. Right, right. And that was interesting. I know the last time we talked about it, I was saying how, and this is my non-medical, plain old Talithia opinion, y'all, but I think when it comes to how society is looking at kids on the spectrum, I think we are missing the boat. I really do. I think overall society looks at it like it's this handicap or like it's a something that's holding these kids back. But if you ever just chill out and get to know them and you see how gifted they are. And I don't even just mean as in striking personalities because that, yes, that's a part of it too. What I'm talking about is even if there's one area where they not, may not have this strength or this gift, when you look at these other areas where they are really strong, it's a beautiful thing to see. And they are right on. And it's usually well above average and whatever people are expecting, even from a child that they wouldn't necessarily categorize as a child with some type of physiological issue. I know we had talked about this before, Simone, but I think time will tell, and it'll be very interesting to see if that viewpoint ever changes, because I think the way we look at it is as if it's something holding them back, which in reality, it's really just something that's specific to that child. So whatever their strengths are, whatever their weaknesses are, you really still need to meet them wherever they are in order to teach them so that they can get all the educational tools that they need. And that would be the case whether they were on the spectrum or not. So I don't know. That's just my own personal opinion. We'll see. But I do wish for a day when people are able to kind of celebrate and maybe, I don't know, maybe call it something other than a spectrum. I just feel like in doing that, we're really not necessarily able. It's not presented as if it's probably a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, there is something there. I was looking at an article the other day, and it was on Facebook, and they had showed that this one younger boy who was on the spectrum as well, and they gave him a helicopter ride around the city of Chicago. Like, they just kind of took him in 360 degrees, and then they put him in this room with a large canvas and a pencil, and he copied every detail of the city, like, down to, like, dogs on the street and litter. But he copied the entire 360-degree view that he had seen. I think that is, like, beyond spectacular. Like, and even then, it was funny because people were, I guess his mom was saying when he first got started, he would draw things, with such detail that she didn't even recognize what he was writing at first. And at one point she was looking closely and she was like, he drew the mole on my face. (laughs) Like all she saw was this little round thing with little indentations in it and hair kind of sticking out. And she didn't know what he was doing until he started drawing the hair. (laughs) and She realized. I believe it.
1: So Aiden I didn't know, but uh-huh. he likes to draw and he oh. draws pretty good. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to directions, <laughs> when we're in the car, he's always saying, go left, mommy, go right, oh, go straight. See. Mm-hmm. He learned how to ride the four wheeler that they have. Mm-hmm. And so we're going towards our gate in our neighborhood. Dude tried to get on the highway
2: because
1: Uh (laughs) he wanted to go to Dairy Queen. Uh -uh. (laughs) He knows the directions. And had I let him, he would have (laughs) gone.
0: He was like, okay, enough of this neighborhood stuff. It's time for a sweet treat.
1: (laughs) He was like, I "Um, I want some ice cream. I'm like, where are you going? He knows he's really good with directions. They have this the way they see things is so different and i believe i believe there's going to be a change and people on the spectrum will be recognized for who they really are they're gifted and they just see things differently yep
0: that's exactly it
1: there is a fortune 500 company i believe it here in raleigh they have neuro atypical people mm-hmm. people on the spectrum wow. who basically crunch numbers because some of them do it so fast.
0: Right. They do it so well.
1: So they may not do well in the like the social aspect at that business, but if you need them to, to crunch numbers or do whatever, that's your team. So it's being recognized slowly.
0: Okay. I guess my thing is one, thank you for sharing your experience, because I think there's quite a few women out here that, Well, in some situations, they just feel alone. They feel like that's just their kid. You know what I mean? So it's nice to hear from somebody else who's willing to share experience and let other women know, look, this is something that is actually a little more common (laughs) than we wish it were. But also, I mean, that doesn't mean that their child doesn't have a successful future. You know what I mean? On the horizon, like just because everybody else sees this thing as something that's like a hindrance doesn't mean it is. So thank you for sharing that. I'm grateful for it. Thank you very much. I think that's pretty much it. Y'all, I wanted to be sure here again to have Simone on. I wanted to be able to highlight a woman who, like, on purpose decided that she was going to be a mom, and she stepped away from the career that she had spent her entire life building to stay at home and be a mom, and she's doing it fabulously. And I'd also like to take this time to thank her for being here. Just a few details, y'all. I don't know for the rest of our Milwaukeeans that are listening to the podcast. Simone went to Milwaukee Tech High School back when it was Milwaukee Tech High School. So I know a lot of the NPS students here, the folks like to be able to shout out their alma mater. So that is something that you may want to be like, woo-woo, and give her kudos there. And also, Simone, do you want to tell people a little bit more about the book club? Simone, would you like to tell everybody about the book club that I am a part of and that you started? (laughs) So Fixing Crowns Book Club was started in September of
2: last year. It is right now just a virtual book club for melanated women. I've been told that the book club is a book club on steroids. And that's because <laughs> we just don't talk about books. Because what do you do between books? So we we do wellness events. We talk about financial wellness, spiritual wellness, physical wellness. We talk about vaginal health. We've had Breast Health Summit. We had last month Mental Health for May. We talked. About, we had a nurse practitioner come in and talk about mental Wellness in the Black community. And we travel. We started traveling. So our first meet and greet was in New Orleans. And we're trying to do it a couple times a year so that we can actually network and just fellowship and get to know each other. This book club is all about us empowering each other, basically.
0: And I love it. I do too. I do too, y'all. So be sure to look for the book club both on Facebook and Actually, you tell them. Simone, would you like to tell everybody where they can find the book club or find more information about the book club? Yes, Fixing Crowns Book Club.
2: It's Fixing without the G. So F-I-X-I-N apostrophe, Crowns Book Club. It's on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. And you can also go onto our new website at www.fixincrownsbookclub.com. Remember, without the
0: G. Thank you so much. (laughs) No problem. Is there anything else that you want to share or let the audience know about anything at all? Anything else that you want to share or maybe encourage other women in ways whose lives may look like yours? Yes, I want to let y'all
2: know that it's not too late to do anything. I mean, look at me. At 42, I had two beautiful Twinkies. (laughs) I started a book club of all things and I'm just having a good time just networking, meeting ladies, So it's never too late. Don't ever think it's too late to pursue your dreams. I very
0: much agree. And y'all, don't let her trick you into thinking that this is just a book club. Like Simone has kicked in all of her knowledge to make this thing like a thriving business, which is interesting because I don't necessarily... Was that your intention when you started to make it a business, Simone? No, (laughs) no. People started telling me that, hey, this is going
2: somewhere. I'm like, what? And they was like, you need to get an LLC. And I was like, for what? And so it went from getting an LLC to having apparel, like mm-hmm. clothes, like mm-hmm. actual t-shirts and, and journals to organizing trips. Because next year we're doing a bonus retreat and symposium in Montego Bay. Tell so them, yeah. no,
0: it was not intentional at all. It was just the way it happened. Like God just worked it out for real. Which is awesome. And also another thing I would like to kind of make note of, and it's funny because now that I've had Simone on, even though my intention was to celebrate her motherhood, she's also an entrepreneur, which I wasn't planning to focus on that part, but she is. And another thing that rocks for her is she's able to do this while being at home with her babies. So it's not like she had to choose one or the other. She was actually able to build this thriving book club where we do actually travel. We do actually go places and have a ball. In fact, they were just in Milwaukee this past weekend. In fact, do y'all remember the last episode when I was talking about my juicing plans came to a screeching halt when I was hanging out at the mall and it wasn't fun carrying around my little juices? Simone was there. (laughs) Our book club outings was a part of that whole jam. So keep that in mind. Whatever you want to do, whatever your plans are, they do not have to start when the kids are older. They do not have to start when the kids are gone. They don't have to start when the kids are anything. Like you could totally work this out, even if it means you devoting five, 10 hours a week to this thing that you love when you would normally be sitting on the couch trying to decompress after the kids go to bed because it feeds you. It's a way for you to do something that you really love on purpose and make it a success. And all you can do is celebrate yourself in your life when that happens. It's really awesome. Simone, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been so much fun talking to you. (laughs) Thank you. And I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that it's been fun, but it really has, y'all. If y'all have any questions for Simone, I guess, about autism or her career in the military or anything, be sure to check her out. I have a few posts up on our Facebook page. You'll be able to ask a few questions on the Instagram page as well. If you want to find the book club, she gave you the information for that. So you'll be able to tap in there as well. So thank you very much again, Simone, for being a guest on my podcast, on the Chapter Next podcast. And thank you very much for being a part of the celebration for women that went after making their lives look the way they want to. So thank you very much thank for being you. here. Thank you. You are welcome. Thank you, y'all. Have a good day. Hello, ladies. So if you'll remember, one of the earlier episodes when I was sharing my experience with just transitioning from working full time for someone else and starting my own business as a business owner. One of the things that I was doing was I was a serial entrepreneur, meaning I was delivering just about everything. I was delivering people, packages, food, all kinds of stuff. But one of the experiences that stuck out to me the most was I was a driver for Lyft. I was an independent contractor for them. And I was also an independent contractor for DoorDash. And the reason I'm mentioning this to you is because I know one of the concerns people that are transitioning have is I just don't have enough money. I can't pay for this or I don't have any extra money in my world to do whatever this other thing is. And so I would like to encourage you to consider Lyft or DoorDash as a side hustle or just something to do on the side so i'm going to post a link in the show notes i know right now there's always different promotions that they're having right now if you start driving in my area you can get up to an 800 dollars bonus for being a lift driver or if you want to deliver for DoorDash, they offer bonuses as well. So I'm going to include the links for both of those options in the show notes. Feel free to go and look them over, review them, and see if that's something that's interesting to you. If you decide to do it, great. Tell them to the sent you if you decide not to and that, that those things are not for you. Just do a little more research and see what different gigs or different like side jobs that you could do for a little extra money or to free up a little more time that may be available to you. So thank y'all again for listening. I am Talithia Thompson, a mom, a grandma, a serial entrepreneur, just doing my best to make this next chapter of my life the best chapter of my life on purpose.